Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Each month, over 80,000 people download podcasts produced from the fevered mind of Royfield Brown. They cover a gamut of topics, like maps, politics, American presidents, history, the archers, Formula One, Jamaican culture, and Englishness. Go to wherever you get your podcast and type in Royfield Brown to discover a new favorite podcast today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This week's Dum De Dum is from Holly and Helen, who went to WOMAD and were inspired by the ancient art of beatboxing. And the podcast is sponsored by, hooray, Penny Fletcher. This is Dum De Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Amridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the best man who is Royfield Brown, and here I am today with the very wild wet swimmer who is <laughs> Jacqueline Berthaud in Sanguin in Brittany, France. On this episode, we'll hear from Polly Perks, who found Kirsty very forward. Mm. Andrea in Central Brittany, who is loving the Kirsty and Eric exchanges. Our Miss Christmas, who isn't loving the Kirsty and Eric exchanges. Globetrotting Richard, who has a lot of questions about the way businesses are run in Borsetshire. Our Witherspoon, who has a few things to say about Kirsty and Kate. And finally, Marie from Winchester, who was flattered by Andrea's call last week. Plus, we have Tweet of the Week from, of course, Purple Pumpkin, our Theo. And we have the social media roundup from our Sandra. 
and Royfield. Isn't it exciting? We have a plethora of five-star reviews this week from our fabulous listeners. Plethora is actually a wonderful word. Just seeing it even just written there, plethora, then you saying it, plethora. I'm saying, what a wonderful word. Uh, don't forget, <laughs> folks, we've got loads of content on YouTube. Now, if you do nothing else, tell you what, go over to YouTube, just hit the subscribe button. Please, for the love of all things holy, that's really important. But what? Watch the videos too. But if you do nothing else, go to YouTube, type in Dum Dum, hit that subscribe button, and you'll see a whole host of videos which we've done with the Archers actors. And can I say that personally, I recommend the interview with Michael Lumsden, who plays Alistair. That was great. Well, are you basically around. saying that none of the other interviews which I've done with them are no, worth a I candle? No, but I particularly liked that. No, there was there was a there are a couple of great ones, but I mm-hmm. it, somehow that mm-hmm. one really touched me. Do you think he's a rather handsome chap? Well, I'm in. The, I'm of the school that I don't like to see what my actors look like. I have a good vision in my mind. Mm. But you know, I'm kind of slightly of that ilk. I really am. Mm. But anyway, he is handsome and he was lovely. And uh, it's a bit of a pal now. Bit of a pal. Now. Oh, that's nice. I'm your friend. Can I be his friend too? I tell you, what, I send you over his deets after the Ooh. after the recording of the show. Next bit's in red. Oh, yes. Oh, and of course, we shall be wishing a very warm welcome to our new members of our Facebook group. Now, we need your dum dums And to be fair to you, you have been rallying to the cause of that. We actually have a few uh, saved up. And this week's is a banger. I tell you, it's a total banger. I hope you enjoyed it. But we do need you not to rest on your laurels. But So please send us in more dum dums so we can play them in the future. So if you fancy singing with your friends or with your family, tooting on your tin whistle or sending us a full orchestral rendition of Barwick Green, please send it to us. <laughs> but first, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sui Queen or Tart. Hello, lovely people. It's Sui Queen or Tart on the Twitters here, and another week in Ambridge. This week's episodes included Ennuendo and Mild Peril, just like a film trailer I saw the other day. Rex mended the roof of the shed in a temporary manner so that Kate could run her cold weather yoga class, which was not well attended. Regardless of its healing properties, these were expounded by Kate and then parroted back to Kirsty by Rex. Kate should be impressed that he was listening. Her hot chai was a success at least. Jimmus accepted the job of best man to Jazza, but then faced with his inability to hire a stripper or arrange a trip to Magaluf, he resigned <coughs> just as quickly. Spoiler alert, he and Ed are going to share the duties. Also resigning was Maureen from the shop, and Susan declared it to be all Jim's fault, as he had the audacity to ask her to do a bit of dusting. Jim was tasked with finding a replacement both for the shop and to be instead of him as a best man. There were two applications for the shop position, one from Joy, who, as we know, can talk for Britain, and she shared far too much information on her previous retail experience selling pants. Susan was unimpressed and incidentally declared her news resolution is to rein in her strong opinions regarding other people's life decisions. There was much spluttering in our house at that point. The second applicant was Justin. The big question was what was his ulterior motive for volunteering. It seems that no one thinks he is capable of a bit of altruism, including Lillian, who went into the shop to test him out. Susan reluctantly took him on. Pat showed up for a lovely chat with Adam. I know that sounds really weird. Later in the week, we were also treated to Tom, Sausage Boy. They agreed to plant up an edible forest garden to pull people in. It should prove popular with people coming to choose their own veg. 
Tom seemed extremely enthusiastic after pretending to consider it. Kate was mistaken for Jacob's landlady by his brother Eric, who has come to stay between jobs. He looks extremely like Jacob, but doesn't sound anything like him. He is the complete opposite of Jacob, chatting away with Alistair in the bull and being friendly and sociable and also a bit messy. There was a bizarre conversation in the tea room with Alan and Kate. The family have apparently given up trying to get the window commissioned to go into the church. She is sweetness and light to him, saying no hard feelings, then threatened that she and Peggy are going to kill him with kindness. She is a chump at the best of times. The next yoga class was a packed turnout and they ran out of hot chai. Eric turned up to support Kate and met Kirsty. As soon as Kate was diverted to serving the class, they quickly established that each of them was single and arranged to go wild swimming together. Oh, Kirsty, remember when we last heard you go wild swimming? It did not go well. That time you were contaminated with chemicals dumped by Brian. And even though we know Eric's Jacob's brother, he doesn't sound like it. It's almost like they were brought up in different countries. Do you really want to go wild swimming out in the wild in just your cosy with someone you've only just met? I suppose he is bringing cake and we know that that solves everything. You'd best get the flask out for the hot chocolate then. Glad to say no one died at the wild swimming outing, even though Eric ignored all the health and safety information. And with your record, Kirsty, I was absolutely prepared for him to die of heart failure or drowning. I once jumped in a Swedish lake in the middle of summer and forgot how to breathe. Maybe you spent time in Swedish lakes on your holly bobs, Eric. Kirsty promptly set her cap at him and invited him back to an empty house as Roy is away for the weekend. If she's gone missing on Monday, scriptwriters, we will be outside the mailbox with pitchforks and flaming torches. You can prepare yourselves for an angry mob. Till next week then, my lovelies. Hope it's a good one. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, the health advice is don't ever jump into a river in the heart of winter. Like, what? It doesn't matter how attractive I thought Kirsty was. I ain't doing that. I ain't doing it. You're wimp. Call me a wimp. Call me a wimp all you want. Wimp, wimp, wimp. I am not doing that. But I know you're all into this wild swimming malarkey. Listen, wild swimming. This this has really taxed me Mm. this week because even the archers call it wild swimming. For as far as I'm concerned, it's going swimming. And in fact, I asked a question of our owls around the world on the Dum De Dum website. When did people start calling it wild swimming? Now, the lovely Christopher from not from Dundee, told me that it was when it became a commercialised thing. It was just to sell extra things like something called a dry dry suit. So it's they call it the wild swimming. So you get out and then you put on your expensive thing. I, I don't know. And, well, and Christopher knows more about this than me because I am infamously allergic to wide expanses of water. I'll freely admit, right, I can swim. Technically, I can swim. Age 10 got my special badge put on my trunk so I, I, I swam 25 meters right so i can swim good don't like it not up for it you don't do it for pleasure absolutely do not i'm really quite expert at going down to beaches and watching people swim that's as close as i, I think come we're, to it we're polar opposites then probably it, because i take every opportunity to I get can wet to swim. Well, you have to get wet if you're swimming. <laughs> There's no choice. <laughs> anyway, I yes. suppose we, anyway. We, we do need to talk about this later. But as I said, my, yeah. my little brother, for his uh, professional sins, is a dating coach. And he has very... Dating yep, coach? Properly mm. internationally renowned, so he is. Yes. Yes. Oh. Mm. And he told me 
no uncertain terms, that there's a whole load of nonsense on the archers this week regarding Kirsty being so forward with Eric. And I was queuing people up. Don't get me wrong, women being forward, all up for. But there is there is something slightly unedifying about hearing flirting on the radio because it always comes over as somewhat inauthentic, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it does. A bit, a bit, a bit tongue-in-cheek. And I suppose if you were to verbatim take, let's say, when Monsieur, Monsieur Berto and you first met and you chatted each other up, it would come over as cheesy, stilted and whatever, because we're not in that moment and we're missing all the visual cues and we're not pumped up with those endorphins and whatever the pair of you were feeling when you were both looking at your future sexual partners. But it just, on the, in the cold light of day, it did feel a little bit wooden, some, those scenes, just saying. Mm. did feel a bit forced. It did. Yeah. It did. But what, there were some lovely things last week in Ambridge, like Jim and Jazz. Uh, lots of, lo- yeah, and, lovely And things. can I just say, when nothing much what? happens in the Archers, I'm its biggest fan. And I, what I've realised is I love the village shop. Love it. Mm. I love the village shop, but I found Susan was very bullying with Jim this week. And I didn't like her attitude to Joy, who I quite like. Mm. I think she could be a very annoying neighbour, but I do quite like her. And what the hell is Justin thinking of? Where's he coming from? What is he thinking? It's very odd, isn't it? Very odd. Don't know. I don't trust him. don't like him particularly. And I love the fact that his first customer was Lillian. I would have done that as well because she doesn't trust him either, does she? <laughs> no, he has an agenda. That's the only reason he can be in that shop. Yeah. He has an agenda. It's the only reason he does anything, exactly, isn't it? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, what the... but I was worried. I'm worried mm. about Susan and Jim. I don't like that relationship like that. I like it when they're much more parrying of each other. No, but like Susan is the manager, isn't she? That's the whole thing. Yeah, she's. You know. Is she paid? Is she partly paid? Or... She's full-time or part-time I really or more can't time. remember, but I know she is the manager, you know, so yeah. uh, she has some level of seniority o- uh, over Jim. But, like, that for me is the meat and two veg of the archers. It's having Susan gossiping at the shop and then people walking in. You give me six days of that, 12 minutes in duration each episode, I'm very happy. I don't need the rest of the archers, to be honest with you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm not so sure about that because I, I would just be people gossiping. And... What's wrong with that? To saying that though, as long as Kate is part of proceedings, she is not yeah, only a fantastic character, she's acted so well. So Jeez. well. So well. She's the typical character that you love to hate. But I, but I don't even hate her. I just love to love her. No, I've, I've got a whole 180. <laughs> I don't love to hate her. I love so, to love her. So we've got to the bottom of the fact that you wouldn't go swimming, but would you do yoga? Absolutely. Kate? As hot as you want to make that Bikram yoga, I'm there. I'm there. But what though? <laughs> let's have a little bit of this. We've got so many we calls. Have, we have. We have quite a few calls. <laughs> so let's do this. Hello, Ambridge3962. Now, first off is our Polly Perks, a.k.a. Paul Newman. Hi, Dumpty Dummers. It's Paul Newman here, Polly Perks. So I thought I'd mention this week's climax, which was, of course, Kirsty coming on so strongly to Eric. Now, Eric, who apparently looks exactly like Jake Jacob, does that mean that Kirsty's always fancied Jacob? There's never been any indication of that. But she was very forward, both in her planning for the date and obviously what happened after the date when she invited her, him back with obvious intent. Very unkirsty like I thought, because obviously she's been hurt so much in the past, particularly by Tom and also, of course, by her marriage to the appalling Philip. But we'll see. Let's hope that Eric is not a cad and a bounder, but one wonders why Jacob distrusts him and also why all his previous relationships have failed. Anyway, love to everyone. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Quickly, by definition, all previous relationships have failed unless the, your partner's died, haven't they? Yeah. So, uh-huh. you know, so, so that's that. And then the other thing is, how can you trust somebody who does a lot of international travel and is neither here nor there and have a relationship with them? I don't know. Maybe we should ask advice from Richard, mm. our jet setter. Wait a minute. I, I, I was referring to myself. Oh, sorry. I forgot about you. <laughs> Tell us, Royfield, (laughs) how do people come to trust you? Because I have a great relationship with you on this this little screen. (laughs) God knows what will happen in Birmingham. (laughs) Well, it's a fair question. But surely, surely, surely he is being set up to be a cad. He's come in, he's super charming, he's warm, he's affable. The one thing we can say about Jacob is... Actually, he's actually a very good judge of character. He might be cold and a bit standoffish, and we all think because he's somewhat on the spectrum, but actually he nails character. He does. Yeah, he's, he's got form in mm-hmm. nailing character, hasn't mm-hmm. he? So if Jacob thinks that Eric is a bit dodgy, Eric has a job that takes him off around the world. Mm-hmm. He's obviously had relations what kind of age is he is he cursed his age i mean if you get if you're unmarried and you get if you get to the age of 40 ish and you've never been married well <sighs> must make people stop and think why have they never made that commitment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there you go you tell me mm-hmm. right what else did our polyperk say 
He didn't ask about why do they sound so different? Is that someone else? Sorry, my notes of these. This, this Polly Perks. I apologise. This call came in <laughs> at the last minute, and I was out for lunch, <laughs> and so a glass of champagne or two later, mm-hmm. I my concentration. Uh, note taking. How, how many carafes of champagne was that? <laughs> As I left, leaving Mister B, mm-hmm. I like, let me explain this. January is a horrible month in France if you're on a diet because. Mm-hmm. You've just got over Christmas, New Year, and then they have the Galette de Roi, which is the epiphany cake, mm-hmm. which is a very rich pastry that you go and share with people. And you always go and wish a happy New Year to your elderly, people older than you in your family or your neighbours. And in fact, Loic is, despite being 75, is has several very elderly cousins, so we went to one of the cousins' house today, all taking a part of the meal. And when I left, the five of them that remained were all cracking over about like the seventh bottle of champagne. And I'd been drinking water after the first two glasses because I knew I had to record. So, <sighs> terrible. Life in San Quen. It's a drunken roll. So, sorry, Polly, I've, I've lost my concentration on your call. No worries. Paul Newman is a very forgiving person. I don't think he's going to hold it no, against you. Now, we have one of two calls from Richard. Now, Richard did ring in a third time, but Richard couldn't hear the first one, to be fair. Right. Yeah. If the audio bit dodged. We tried. Yeah, we absolutely did try. I did all manner of filters, but computer ultimately just said no. Could not hear you. So, right, here's the first of two calls from our Richard, our intrepid international businessman hello richard in amsterdam now i wanted to reflect on the wonderful set or share the wonderful seth godin podcast about the wedding industrial complex i hope that trace and jazza can demonstrate that a wedding doesn't have to be expensive to be meaningful sometimes even the reverse is true often perhaps and in terms of jim refusal to have a worrying about the stag night when a long time ago I was getting married and my brother was my best man or vice versa. We went out for a pint and were both extremely happy with the fact that neither of us had to think about something so unappealing as getting drunk in a distant destination. So I hope that I hope that what's going on won't reinforce any cultural stereotypes that to get properly married you have to have a dreadful stag night. About our deal and Lily Hargita, I think it is the business consequences of them getting together quite could be very entertaining. And I wonder if the Monopolism Mergers Commission ought to get involved with the Snells and the Snells and David and Ruth feeling that the market's being sewn up by the big boys. I don't think that's a very plausible plot prediction, but why not? Why not shoot it in there? All the best to all the listeners. Bye. Thank you, Richard. Number one, what says you, Madame Berto? I agree with him entirely. I've never had a hen night in my really? life. But you've been no. married three well, times. I know I have. But the first one, no, I don't think it exists. I don't think hen nights existed in the late 70s. And second one? No, I was eight months pregnant, so no. I had a meal with my in-laws. And the third one, oh God, it was here in Sanguine, wasn't it? So there's nothing, nothing. But we did have the children all arrived on the Monday and we got married on the Saturday. So it was like one long rolling thing for about eight days, it felt like. We had people at the house all Where the time. So that was like one big thing. So you haven't had one 
hen night, but you fundamentally had a celebration that lasted for eight days. Yeah. But in France, weddings usually take place over two days anyway. Do they? Yeah, because you have your thing at the Mary, and then if you're choosing to at your religious place, which we didn't, we just did the Mary. Traditionally in a French, in a, especially in a Breton village, you're married in the Mary, and then you invite all your neighbours, the whole village comes to what's called the Vendonneur. And you, we invite all the neighbours and people from the, the company and blah, blah, blah. And then the family go and have a meal, which we did in the evening. Mm-hmm. And a London taxi came and took us from the house to the meal, me and Loic. And then on the Sunday, you always have the retour de marie. It's when, traditionally, of course, it's when the blooded sheet was shown to prove that the marriage had been consummated, like in Poldark or whatever. Now, everybody comes together at the lunchtime on the Sunday to celebrate the fact that they're all there. And they say it goes on for two actual days, the ceremony. In fact, ours went on for about four days. <laughs> we had a coach on the Sunday afternoon and did a tour of the local area. So wait a minute. You say you had an eight-day hen party followed by a four-day wedding. <laughs> an eight-day visit with the children followed by a three-day wedding. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a have a not a head night what do they call it stag party when you got married i did and it was in brighton and she also went to brighton so it was a the, weekend away yeah yeah it was actually really nice at the end of it nipped over to hers because she's stopping at, at her mum's and, and, and jumped into bed she said <laughs> what are you doing here i went oh she went to hang with you but anyway moving oh, swiftly on cute. now have we right. actually now I know you've we basically disc- given us your whole Sorry, wedding no, we biography. We haven't talked about Richard's no, call. No, you haven't, have you? I agree with him entirely. It doesn't need to be a big, blousy wedding because we've seen Godzilla with Kirsty and uh, Tom in the past, so it can be something completely different. Let's go back to the other part that he said about Ardil and Lily. Mm-hmm. Because if they get together, yes, the business there's a lot of consequences about the the business. So. They've set us up for Ardil and Kirsty, and then it's utterly gone nowhere. And then all of a sudden, it's Ardil mm-hmm. and Lily. Yeah, yeah, weird. Yeah, well, but no, what I like that in that that's kind of like how life goes. Like, and also because yeah, it's real life. Isn't yeah, it? and yeah. also because we're so used to the tropes of a soap. As soon as Ardil were talking to Kirsty, we were like, aye, aye, so we know what's going to happen here. But actually, nothing <laughs> did. She, no, didn't she change no. his well, trousers? He did say. <laughs> and also, one night, he did say to Linda, I won't be staying here. I'm staying with a friend overnight. And so everybody went, it, it, No, it, exactly. His trousers were changed by her. He got them all wet. All manner of... Yeah. Oh, la, la. <laughs> all manner of ooh, la, la. But it went nowhere. But anyway, so that's Richard part... Uh, now, from, from Richard Park, uh, now we have Miss Christmas over there in Manchester, who is going to set forth the cat amongst the pigeons regarding the scripting, or is it the acting, of the last week in Ambridge when it comes to our Kirsty and Eric. Hi, Royfield and Jacqueline. It's Miss Christmas calling from Manchester. Hope you're both well and had a lovely, restful Christmas New Year, even though that feels like ages ago now. Just a quick one from me to say that the flirting between Kirsty and Eric has been the most cringe thing to listen to for me this week. I just can't get my head around how awkward it makes me feel. 
I don't know. It just makes me feel really uncomfortable. I don't know if that's just how people flirt in Enbridge, but I didn't enjoy it. Hmm. <laughs> yes, as we've said, it was all very stilted and forced and not quite natural, but it was lovely. It made a change for me. I just enjoyed every minute of it. I like Eric, okay? Though, purely on a voice perspective, he is kind of bland, nowhere, middle England. Mm. Except he's got those deep kind of rolling ends to the words that are a bit like Colin, uh, Jenny's husband, <laughs> had the heart attack. <laughs> Please help me. What's the matter with my brain? Hol- Brian! <laughs> Brian! <laughs> All right. Times. I listened to him on headphones the first time I listened. And I thought, oh, he sounds like a younger Brian. Simple as that. But as you say, a bit Middle England, like Brian. I like the character. I don't think his voice is distinct enough, but I like the character. He jets around the world. And if you're that charismatic and easy to get on with and easy on the eyes, we're led to believe as well. Mm. But he looks like Jacob, so he must be easy on the eye. And we've never heard that about Jacob. I like your pronunciation of Jacob. Oh, gosh, did it twice now. <laughs> but so, for me, to what little we do know of him and the fact that his brother has said, hmm, he's a bit, bit, of, a, bit, mm. bit of a wrong'un, he has to be a super cad. He has to be. And this is also backed up. Be. I don't want him to be. But it's also backed up by the fact that they have gone to bed. I'm not going to say with indecent haste. I'm not saying that because I think you meet somebody you like them it takes you an hour to get all your clothes off, good luck to you, right? But in terms of the archers, there has been zero courtship between these pair. One quick skinny dip. Well, it's not a skinny dip. Cold dip. Yeah, cold dip. (laughs) And then that did not douse their ardor for each other at all. And they had to go and and consummate that friendship forthwith. Good luck to them. Also, he is only there for us for a short period of time so that maybe at least i'm presuming that kirsty was incredibly forward because she knew time was pressing before this hot bit of stuff got the hell out of ambridge talking of hot bit of stuff what the heck were they doing lighting a fire in the middle of the woods i don't know all i know it's also logistically wrong <laughs> don't don't I'm sorry, there should be some logic to it. It doesn't fit with sit with me very kind very nicely. Very but here's the thing though, Damberto, because you like to get your clothes off and jump into uh, yep. cold bodies of water. That's not Except I do always wear a swimming cap and in the winter I put I have wetsuit gloves and hand okay. and feet. Well, good to know. Good to know. Now, let's say that you see somebody in Sanguine, you're not married, by the way, and they are hot stuff. Would that absolutely be your first date? Maybe, yeah. If they really? appeared to be kind of, I'd, yeah, I'd probably want to. Yeah, I'd say, I suppose if they it's were a... interested in what I did as a leisure thing, I'd say, yeah, I'd get on my bike and uh, go to the lake. How about it? All right. Well, I suppose it sorts out the wheat from the chaff because she's going to have to be some level of hot stuff for this British Jamaican person who's scared (laughs) of large bodies of water for me to do that on a first date. I'm going to try. I I went on a first date with somebody once at a swimming pool. But that's different. That's a controlled environment. Yeah, it wasn't really, though. (laughs) 
Why? What happened? Did things become too passionate? <laughs> it was a private swimming <laughs> Madame, madame, madame. Listen, madame, we're all adults here. Madame Berto, nah. please be as full <laughs> and as frank. I married him. Oh. I married him. He was my second husband. But he impressed me by taking I me bet he uh, did. to... Yeah, because he saw me arriving at work with a bag, mm-hmm. a rucksack, and he said, oh, do you go to a gym? I said, no, I go to a swimming pool in my lunch hour. And he went, my father manages a swimming pool in a private housing block in Pimlico. Would you like to come swimming with me one night? One night? Simple. Simple. What? After the clothes. great thing about that is there's not much clothes you need to take off if you both decide that you quite like each other, is there? No, sauna was nice and warm as well afterwards. <laughs> I but lived through the 80s with but joy. wait a minute. <laughs> what, what are you going to have heat exhaustion if you actually got down to it in the sauna? I don't think so. No, I don't wow. that. <laughs> I have not lived compared to you. Young. I was born in the 50s. Then you learn to live through the 60s, 70s wow. and 80s. Now it's all so tame. Wow. Don't tell my children that. Oh, sorry, Emily, don't listen to this. Turn it off. I don't know. Right. No, 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 no. I'm I'm still here. I'm still here. We've said that to hear somebody being two people chatting each other up on an an audio show can lead for a a slightly jarring aural experience because we're not seeing all the visual cues. But do we believe that Kirsty would have been so forward? Because this was all Kirsty. Yes, this was, was yeah. all Kirsty. Mm. I think she might have been. She's she could well be just saying, oh, for goodness' sake, to hell with it. He's only here for a few months. I like the look of him. Let's go for it. Why not? I mean, she's single. She lives with Roy. She needs a bit of umph in her life. So there we are. Mm. I think she could. Right, well, let's move on from Miss Christmas. Now let's go to our resident sports therapist, Isar Witherspoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Royfield, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. A rough 24 hours for me. I've learned of the deaths of two friends with whom I grew up. 64 is too young to leave us. With sadness comes light and laughter. My Facebook snap and welcome posts and my caller ins. So here goes for this week. We didn't hear from the Archers' Brookfield division this week, a needed break. But one thing I didn't have time to note last caller in, Royfield touched upon it. He said he could sort of understand Vince's outburst at Ben because he was defending his daughter. I know, Royfield, you don't think he was right in doing so. In fact, Ben was very frightened by Vince, and this likely contributed to his psychotic break. My point is, I thought the first person, even before David and Ruth, that Elizabeth should have made Vince apologize to was Ben. Of course, Vince would have made a hash out of that as well. Now on to this week. We welcome in Eric. Did you notice a distinctly happier tone to Kate's voice this week? Even Mm -hmm. when she was talking about killing Alan with kindness, my supervisor at my first attending physician position used to recommend I do that when dealing with recalcitrant hospital administration. Anyway, I digress. Kate's characteristic whininess was missing. But alas, Kate, your happiness will be short-term. 
when you find out about Kirsty and Eric exploding, Kate will return. But eventually, it will lead you to realize that you and dour, perfectionistic Jakob are not a good match, and you will break up with him. Talk to you soon. Goodness. Is, I like that. There's going to be fireworks. Yeah, I like that as a, as a prediction. And, and, I, and I suppose the whole thing about Nola Tando is to get Kate out of uh, Ambridge for, for a couple of weeks so Kirsty and Eric can properly get their claws into each other. Yeah, although Eric, in theory, is supposed to be leaving, but is he leaving to go to a job and then coming back? It might be one of those relationships that mm. he has with Ambridge. But yeah, I think Kate is, Kate is definitely going to be very disappointed by that. I'd, I've always thought it was such a weird couple. And she keeps totally calling him, and even she thinks it's a weird thing today. My life partner. Why did I say that? <laughs> That was a good it was, line this it week. Was. The fact she said it a, a couple of times as well what, what was lovely, which just goes to make me realise what whatever scene she's in is brilliant as far as I'm concerned. The writing, guess, yeah. the, the acting, it just brings proper joy to my heart. Give me Kate, give me Susan, and fundamentally I'm happy. Don't get me wrong, there are mm. other characters I love, like Jim, right? But I'm Fallon. When it comes to Fallon, I'm still in circa 2007 when she's uh, yeah. she's sing, singing in and fronting the band. Rock chick. There you go. That, yeah. That's what I'm like, oh. But anyway, right. So what else did our resident therapist say? But in fact, I'm sorry to hear with Spoon that you'd lost mm. two, two of your friends growing up. It's hard. And as you say, 64 is no age whatsoever. So all the condolences from us, from me, Royfield, and the, the dum de dum family. Tough times, very tough times. But as you say, we have to take things upon ourselves and get on with life. And uh, and we do enjoy your posts, your welcome posts, and your uh, snap. Mm. Saturday non-archers posts, which happen on a oh, Saturday. Right. Yes, yeah, a valued member of, of the community. And when it comes to pe- people passing, because I know a few people do know, my, my uncle Ken, who passed oh. away in, in Los Angeles just after Christmas, we had... A really lovely service was done for him in America. One of my cousins and my auntie flew out to be with his son, James, who'd flown out from the UK. And we all watched it on Zoom. And a good funeral memorial. Yes, it gives you time to reflect and you you can be emotional. But also, they, the really best ones are a real celebration of someone's life. And when yeah. they went round, when my cousin went round with his iPad, because we were all watching, there's about 30 of us, 30 different people logged on, family members in the UK to watch this, and to hear the recollections of all of his work colleagues. We discovered a new person. We didn't know that side of him. He w- it's so important, mm. that, that, that saying goodbye and celebration of their life, so everybody knows a snippet of a person's life. As you say, the best ones are the joyful ones. Absolutely. Where people celebrate a life. Yeah, and, and just those little insights and and every and, and you laugh and, and you learn something about a life which is really well lived and is and well lived in three hundred and sixty degrees, not just through the prism of your relationship with that person. But anyway, Mr Spoon, you you are right though, sixty four. It, it is no age. My uncle passed away at age at sixty eight. He he was too young. But we celebrate and we never forget the people who we've loved, even when they've passed on. Now we're going to go to Marie Bay. She, of the numerous 
excellent Dumpty Dum intros. Hello, Roy, Phil, Jacqueline and all Dumpty Dummers. It's Marie here from Winchester and just calling in to say a belated Happy New Year to you all and also to say that you wanted to know Royfield when we started listening. With me it was a Rob and Helen storyline. We just actually moved premises temporarily with my office and there was a parking situation whereby it was actually a nightmare to go there unless you went by bus and walking. So I started listening to the archers every single day got totally hooked and have been hooked ever since just wanted to say andrea's call from last week's filled my heart with joy it was so lovely her comments about my music and i'm really glad that she enjoyed the rudolph mashup i love playing rudolph the red-nosed reindeer for my ballet classes at christmas time and they often put together a little dance for it so that's fun and um just want to say too um richard your businessman called he came up with an idea for a circus themed dumdy dum i'm gonna give it a go maybe for next week so listen out for that also if anybody has any requests of any sort of genre i'm really happy to to have a go and i'm so glad everyone's enjoyed them but don't let me hog the limelight. Please do send in yours as well, because I enjoy listening to other people's. I've also been involved in a Facebook group this week, making comments, silly comments mainly, but it's great fun. And hope to see you soon at the meetup. That would be great. Okay, lots of love. Now, quickly, just to jump in, we are going to have more information on our dum de dum forward slash archers, academic archers, sorry, weekend next week so hold fire with a bit of luck everybody dear listener we might even have some provisional prices for, for tickets and stuff so hold fire haven't forgotten about that but we're going to we're going through and sorting all that out now though i'm going to commend marie for at least sending in a call where she talked about her archers vintage but what i meant everybody is you call in you do a, a separate call and you go Hello, my name is X and my Archer Vintage is Y. And the first storyline that I remember was this. And my favorite character is that. Because then I can put together a special show of listeners talking about the Archers. And then with all those clips as we did at Christmas. Now, not one of you of the Marie sent anything in. Shoddy, shoddy, shoddy behavior. So let me be really clear. You get onto SpeakPipe or... You go into WhatsApp and you do a voice note. Either one works. And you say, hello, my name is, this is my Archer's Vintage. And you, you tell us a little story of how you got into the show. Maybe you listened to it with Ma and Pa. Maybe you're a student and somebody else used to listen to it. And you said, what is this? And just whatever that is. Then you say, the first storyline that I can really remember, it was this. And my favorite character is whoever the heck it is. Then I have two options. I can either find a clip of the character or maybe, fingers crossed, I can find a clip of that storyline. And then if five, six, seven, eight of you do this, we can put together a special show. Now, so, but now, Marie, thank you for at least doing half of what I said. That was most excellent. But shame on the rest of you. Thank you, guys. I was always curious as to whether she had a role in a musical world. Now I've got another question. So she has ballet classes. Now, is she the piano player in the ballet? Uh, class or is she the ballet teacher 
Well, I, I just presume she's the person that plays the piano, but I don't know. But what, Marie, what you're going to have to do is call in next week and put us out of our misery because what we... Full biography Thank required. you, full biography, because we, we're <laughs> paralysed here. We don't know how to picture you without further info. But what? <laughs> Indeed. I need to do this. The best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash dum-de-dum not forgetting the T in the middle. You'll also find a link to this in our show notes, or you can send us a voice note via WhatsApp on 0044-7957-167696. Please, we need your calls in by 6pm on a Sunday UK time normally. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind that you need to be at least 18 to take part. Now, this is the People's Podcast, so we need the people to come to the aid of the podcast. There are a few things you can do. First off, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on Apple iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use. Secondly, please write us a review. If it's five stars, woohoo, that'd be hugely appreciated, especially if it's on Apple iTunes. And finally, the third thing is that you can consider becoming a patron. And we had a new patron this week. Patron is a way of tipping creators like us here at Dumpty Dum. And there are different levels with different rewards. So if you just go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, we would be tickled pink to have your support. Also, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit that donate button if you would like, and make, and give us a one-off donation of Moolah. But we'd like to especially thank Penny Fletcher this week for coming to the aid of a, of her favourite podcast, Dum Dum, who is now a sponsor of this week's show. Yes, thank you very much, Penny. On a point of administration, when we receive a notification from Patreon, say it says that Philippa and Quinton... Uh, uh, yeah, I'll change it. I'll, I'll change it this week. You must change it. I'll change it, it this week. Yeah, get mm. it changed. Because it's kind of slapdash. Right, <laughs> so let's go back to our calls. <laughs> Sorry, right That here. told me. Let's go back All right, to the calls. I tell you who isn't slapdash. It's Richard. Here he is for the second time today. <laughs> Hello, it's Richard calling in from... Lisbon, and I just wanted to comment on the implausible government structures in Ambridge. I more or less get BL, but I don't get the Lower Loxley Trust, who runs it, and how they're going to handle succession. I remember there were issues with Fred's suitability some time ago. But the good thing that got me thinking about that was the way that Susan's managing the hiring decision that's resulting in remarkably Justin Elliott coming in instead of the obviously more appropriate Joy. And obviously I don't like Jim being pushed around either in the case of the stagnite best man issue, although that's been resolved, but more importantly in the, the village shop hiring where he's being unfairly blamed for some supposed injury and being sidelined in the hiring process and I don't like Jim being given weak character roles by the scriptwriters so please stop that and more importantly quis custodet ipsus custodes who guards the guards who appoints Susan how can she be fired how, how much authority does she have and how is she evaluated I suspect it's not being properly defined and we we really ought to know bye Thank you for that, Richard. We haven't spoken too much about Jim 
I've said it a thousand times. I do love male relationships on Ambridge. And Jim is such a nexus of two important ones. Him with his son, Alice, and the fact that there's a massive rapprochement. Alistair didn't have the best of childhoods. Jim was a remote figure. But they've been able to recognize that and then get through that somewhat. And then, of course, we understand that Jim had this terrible childhood trauma, which led to him being a, a very distant and cold, cold adult to his children. And so Alistair and Jim, it's fantastic. And then there was Jazza and Jim and, and their relationship, which cuts through class and age, etc. It's just, just wonderful. And the fact that Jazza says, no, I want you to be my, my, my best man. And then Jim having this view that, that Jazza needed a, a blokesy bloke to do this there's going to be strippers and all this kind of stuff and let's be honest about it that's what you would think that jazza would want and he says no and i just thought that that was lovely that was lovely i love those that conversation with jim and jazza this week and it was about pure friendship and the support that jazza gave jim when he was going through the nemesis and the meeting of his abuser Mm. but i'm with richard on the fact that he I feel like he's being bullied and picked on by Susan. Where, as we've already said, where does she get that authority? I, I've been trying to, I've been racking my brains about it and think that because it's all volunteer run, but there has to be a, a shop manager, as you said. I, so, I, like, but he shouldn't be picking on her. But he, she shouldn't be picking on him. But okay, this is where we absolutely need Cosmo. But as I remember, the village shop was owned by Jack Woolley. And then it was be and it was going to exactly. close. Exactly, it was then it get going to close, and then they rallied round and said it was this vital community resource. So now it's a, in effect a charitable concern. Yeah. It's not non non profit. Yeah. A community, yeah, it's shop. a community shop. Yeah. Exactly. Now I am eighty percent sure, not ninety, not 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 eighty one, and not seventy nine percent sure. I'm eighty percent sure that. When it was moved over to its new status, Susan became the manager. And there was this whole thing about her having a title and tabards. Yes, there was. She Remember they had tabards and, yeah. and name badges. And I'm sure, 80% sure, that then she officially became the manager. But Cosmo can it's just tell come me I'm to wrong. Me. I've just, it's just come to me, Royfield. There's a reason. It's because she is the one, because the post office has to be run by a post office employee. Yes. And she is the one that's qualified to do that. Yes. She had to take some <laughs> so level of a by, test. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So by kind of a follow on, she's become the manager of the, the shop. Yeah, the mm-hmm. post office. That's the key to it. Now, we just, just hold fire. Cosmo, if either of us have got any ones of, any bit of those details incorrect please feel free to call in next week and fill in the gaps and point the finger at the person who's got it most wrong i think a few of us like richard have been um questioning the business acumen and the business practices in uh, Ambridge for a long time. Glyn Fullerlove, who is an expert uh, on uh, taxes and things like that, he's always questioned, hasn't he, the, um, the way in which things run. He might, might be able to answer a question for Richard on the trust, uh, the lower Loxley trust. But yeah, it's all a mystery to us all. So we, I think most of us, me, me in particular, let it all just sweep over the top of my head. 
all I hear is BL board and I go, yes, there's going to be like men around a massive oaken table with old paintings from the 18th century on the wall and a, and a roaring fire in the corner going, whoa, ho, 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 ho. that that's what I think with BL board. Other than that. It's a bit like the Umbrella Academy, isn't it, really, the setting for the BL board? Mm, okay, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. <laughs> However, <laughs> right, any other business arrangement other than that, as you said, totally goes over my head as well. I just go, whatever. <laughs> Trusts this, da-da-da, that. I go, yeah, whatever, and, and just move on. Go on. Can we, just before we move on from mm-hmm. Richard, I want to thank Richard because he is so dedicated. He's this person who's on and off planes because the the phone call that we couldn't pick up was from Krakow. This one was from Lisbon. Number one was from Amsterdam. So he spent his week listening to the archers. I mean, if I have to catch a train, it kind of cuts my whole day, my week in half. So, and I want to thank you for your dedication That's to true. the archers, but especially to Dum Dum. Yeah. No, no, no. Props, sir. Props where props is you. And what I also like about him, he is aware of his carbon wow. footprint because where possible, yeah. He takes the train. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. And he said that to us before, yes. and that's brilliant. I mean, you have to travel for business, you have to travel, but if you can take the train, brilliant. Like him, um, other listeners have taken long train journeys in recent weeks, I think, like Stephen Bain. Mm-hmm. Now, last caller in era is Andrea. Hi, Royfield, Jacqueline, and Dumpty Dummers all over the world. Andrea from Central Brittany in France. Just a quickie today. Just want to talk about Kirsty and Eric. Lovely episode on Friday. Kirsty, go for it. You deserve a bit of happiness and a bit of fun, even if it doesn't lead to anything long term. Don't think Kate's actually going to be that interested in Eric. I think she's quite happy with Jacob. And of course, that won't stop her dropping everything and rushing off to South Africa to be with Nolly while Jacob's away and never speaking to him again. But that's beside the point. The main thing is Kirsty, Eric, go for it. Uh, Madame Berto, what says you? I'm with Andrea. I think Kirsty should go for it. But I don't want Eric to be a baddie. I think Kirsty's already gone through so flipping much. Ah, oh, terrible. But where is Jake Jacob? Why is he in Amsterdam, uh, blah, 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 Brussels for so long? Vets conferences, for goodness sake, they can't shut down and go for two weeks. It all sounds a bit dodgy, if you ask me. I spoke in haste and I spoke incorrectly. I said that Andrea was going to be our last caller in Guess what? My Vicky Cole. My Vicky Cole. <gasps> She's just sent in a message to hot off the press. It's not been pre-listened to by my ears. This is Vicky Cole. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers everywhere. Lovely to hear Philippa the other week. I've just got a couple of quick things to say about Kirsty and Eric. I'm, I'm having a little trouble with Eric because I know his voice so well. I can picture the actor really, really clearly. And he absolutely doesn't look like what I think Jacob looks like. So I'm having a little bit of a disconnect there. I was worried about this wild swimming thing. I mean, I think it's a crazy thing to do at any time of the year, yep. personally. But Thank I know you. people do. That's the reason why she's my My daughter Vicky. does it. And she said, and I'm, I'm sure other people will say the same thing, I'm sure you're not supposed to jump in, are you, because of the shock. No, you're You're not. supposed to sort of edge your way in gently making faces. So I think that was perhaps a little bit irresponsible to have Eric do that. I'm sure I won't be the only one to say that. And what do we think about Kirsty? Is she going to end up pregnant and a single mum and happy? Oh, I hope so much that her heart doesn't get broken again. Okay, I hope everybody's well and talk to you again soon. Bye. 
surely the and, or, and, and great observations there my my vicky cole surely the whole point of him jumping in the river is to show his impulsiveness yeah i agree but it was very stupid foolhardy but it goes to his character that is impulsive and can be a little bit rash that's not been put there by coincidence no. at all this is supposed to unlock no. a bit of his personality for us yeah, I agree. It does. But in theory, by the way, Vicky, I don't agree with you at all. I am a swimmer. I agree with Vicky. Kirsty ending up pregnant and alone and happy. Single mother happy. I don't know. Good plot prediction. Mm-hmm. But but we've already got the story of Pip with a child with a coming and going father figure. So it's kind of a would be a repeat of the Pip Toby story in some ways, wouldn't it? True, true. It- it would. I have no idea where where this is actually going to go. But I, I'm just I'm buckled in for the ride because all the evidence points to the fact that this man has got to be a cad who mm. travels that, that much around that the world, all. doesn't leave roots anywhere. Come on, he's got to be a wronger. As I say to you at the beginning of every single time we record, and I look, I look at the window, the the room behind you, and say, "Are you in California? Are you in Canada? Are you in?" Birmingham, London, Vienna. <laughs> so, I Vienna. Yeah, exactly. I was from Vienna yeah. once as well. Yeah. Are you a cad? Uh, now that's the end of the caller inners. Let us go on to emailer inners. <laughs> Let's go on to emailer inners. <laughs> and I, I believe we had two emails for SAS messages this week. We did, and this one came as a message from our Instagram page, which might be a first. And it's from Cindy. Hello, my first time to message in. I live in California. And have listened to The Archers for ages, firstly with my mum 35 years ago. I'm motivated to actually write now because I'm not hearing any comments on how Ben ending the relationship was a symptom of his psychotic state. He could feel something very wrong happening in him and he was protecting her. That's Beth he's talking about. David and Ruth are blaming themselves for not noticing more quickly. And so they could be conveniently blaming Vince and Jill as a way of protecting their own guilt. If Vince could see Ben was acting from illness, he could possibly be more compassionate. Truth is, they're all hurting and trying to blame someone. Vince behaved very badly, but he was driven by the love of his daughter. Ruth and David are being driven by the love for Ben. If they're successful, if they are to successfully repair, they need to join together as parents psychosis is to blame not people what an interesting message royfield a- absolutely and surely there is a way back for ben and beth because everybody knows he wasn't he wasn't well exactly I, and i'm hoping that's the case i know a lot of people thought she it was a bit of a boring young couple but i know people that met when they were 17 18 19 i know in their 60s and are still very happily and actively married doing things together now they're in early retirement but uh so i think it could work out for them in the end but then they'd always they'd always have vince as a father-in-law sorry about the dance. that's all right that might be loic coming Listen, home from lunch. just gives us atmos doesn't it yeah wonderful message 
and 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 yes brought up something which we hadn't been remarked upon before cindy so thank you for that and and also what's great is that people are using all of our various different channels where we are to message us now next emails from brian aka buggy squires i couldn't get speak pipe to work today so i thought i'd give the benefit of my ramblings in email form i hope you get it in time yes we did there were some lovely beautiful written scenes this week particularly jim and jazza we have noted that sir but also the conversations between jim susan joy and pretty much all of the kate scenes OMG, I agree with every word Mr. Buggy Swaza said this week, and I've said as much already. The huge clunking exception was the idea that Justin would be interested in volunteering in the shop. It was just for comic effect. It certainly didn't work for me. Justin wanting to be a charity board member, perhaps, if he was after a gong. But doing a few hours a week selling biscuits, not a cat in hell's chance. If there's going to be a payoff for this story, it better be a good one. Justin was originally cast as a vastly rich, evil businessman, but now he just seems to be there to be duped by kitchen salespeople and run around the village in a velour onesie. I'll leave there or I'll start another rant about Bridge Farm, and I'm sure you've heard enough of that from me. Have a great week. P.S. I know I started the sentence with a but which I was told by my English teacher you should never do. But we do in conversation. So I'm doing it now and they can sue me in the grammar court if they want to. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> very, very good. Well, what a lot of truths he spoke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good for you, Brian. Brian I agree with much. every nuance of that email, sir. And But thank you for communicating with us. But, but, and I start a sentence with a but, he said about Bridge mm-hmm. Farm, did we actually have any speaking archers this week? Yes. Pat Archer, Tom Archer. Did Pat speak? Yes, she did. Pat and Tom. Oh, they did, yes, with Adam. Oh, we haven't even talked about that, have we? The forest, the edible it's forest. boring, garden. that's why. All right, boring. let's. I, I, I say, well, I say all the time, when they do the agricultural stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We only had Bridge Farm. Yes. All right. So yet another mad plan. They're always changing mm. their plans. And Gaz Glynn has said for many, many years, what a load of crap planning. Mm. Right. Next next right, bit. Next bit. Let's go and have a little bit of a social media roundup with our Sandra. Hello. It's Sandra with this week's Facebook roundup. The week began with Jazza inviting Jim to be his best man and after initially saying yes, Jim thought better of it. Rob Williams didn't think that Jim would fall for that sort of nonsensical stereotype. Shirley Farron Anstey envisioned a stag do ancient Roman style if Jim had been given full reign. Wine, dine and recline sounds good to me. Most discussion was around Eric, Kate and Kirsty. Jonah Titchmarsh had an interesting take on the story. He wondered if Jacob was doing a Reggie Perrin, and Eric was Jacob in disguise with a more outgoing personality. Where some thought that Kate might be attracted to Eric, others like Christy Nicole thought that Eric and Kirsty would be a match. Well done, Chris, Christy, you were right. Even Witherspoon thought that a love triangle was a hoy. Others agreed, and Joanne Smith reminded us we had that scenario with Lily and Matt and Paul. 
Karen Cunningham added the Grundys to the list. Kate Lyle was unconvinced that someone with Kirsty's experience would arrange a swim and picnic in a secluded location. Nicola McIntyre said she would, given the circumstances. Charlotte Yark has said that life is too short and all that. Seize the day and go for it. Sarah Evans wouldn't be inviting anyone to go swimming outside in January. Kate Lyle said that if a mad axe murderer doesn't get you, the pollution or hypothermia will. Alice and Julia Smith cheered when listening in the car at Kirsty Seizing Life and the potential of a positive storyline for her at last. Lillian McCarthy added that it was nice to hear her doing something fun. Esther Law thought that at 40, Kirsty is probably more confident around men or more likely to take the initiative than a younger woman. Knowing someone for any length of time doesn't make them safer. Philip being a prime example. Amanda Kitely asked if Eric was the new Brian. That silky voice, lush. And on to the village shop. Sarah Spilsbury thought that Joy would be ideal as people would want and expect to chat. She thought that it was a poor show from Susan putting the kibosh on it. Melly Merrick. McMerryweather was laughing at Susan's comments about Joy. Look in a mirror, Susan. Witherspoon added that Joy is a much kinder person. Poor Norris wondered if Susan would buy Neil some yellow undies. Thanks, we really needed that picture in our heads. And Rex was complaining about being cold to the bone. Helen Celine wondered if he was having problems heating a narrow boat. It could be a cost of living stroke heating bill storyline. That's all from me. Bye. Sandra, lovely to hear your voice and lovely to have a full appraisal of all things on that social media platform. But if we talk in Facebook, it must be time for us to do what, Madame Berto? This week we have three lovely new members, so let's wish them a very warm Dumpty Dum welcome. And they are Hannah Johnson. Jean Harding and Michael Knott. Now, folks, proper drum roll. Right. Now, when I berated you all, some of you took heed, took notice. We have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five, five, I tell you, cinque, as I say in Italy, cinque reviews. A must listen if you love The Archers. I've been listening to The Archers since childhood when it was always on in the background, but I've barely missed an episode in the last 35 years, even when the show has infuriated me. I have found the podcast a few months ago and now it's an essential part of my week. I really enjoy how Royfield and Jacqueline present the show and the input from the listeners is brilliant. Sometimes reiterating my own thoughts and sometimes suggesting an angle that hadn't crossed my mind. If you love The Archers, if you're a veteran or a newbie, I'm sure you'll be entertained and informed. And that's from Magsum P in the United Kingdom. Now this review came in after last week's show. It's a great tie-up with Archers Academicals. Another wonderful dumpty-dum and fascinating stuff from Cara. The reunion in Birmingham sounds amazing. I only wish I were able to attend and that's from Polly Perks. Looking forward to Ambridge in 2023. Five stars. Thanks to Royford and Jacqueline for their fantastic work hosting this podcast. Great insight into the Archer storylines from you and the Dumpty Dummers. We'll definitely be continuing my patronage. And that's from Z Charlotte Z. 
and also on Apple Podcasts in the United Kingdom. A great way to start the week. Five stars. I love week, the weekly summary of Ambridge goings on, the caller inners, views and predictions, and the roundup of social media chat. It's not just amusing flippancy, although that is always welcome, but often serious comments about the storylines. Royfield and Jacqueline's playful interactions bring it all together. And that's from Andy Cuppertee via Apple Podcasts in Great Britain. Fantastic podcast, five stars. I've been an Archers fan from its inception. Sadly, the club no longer exists, but I remain a staunch listener. Finding Dum Dee Dum a few years ago was and remains a joy, especially now Royfield is back. Oh, bless you. This is the highlight of my week. Thanks to you all. I feel that you are real friends and love being a member of this Archers community. Keep up the fantastic work. And that's from Eleanor Martha at Vineyard via Apple Podcasts in the United Kingdom. Now, we can be found on Twitter under the name of Dumpty Dum. We always include a The Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your opening for the tweet along both in the evenings and during the omnibus on a Sunday morning. I can be found at Jberto Sanguan, but Royfield is so over Twitter we don't go there. Please try and include at Dumdidum in your tweets so more people get to see it and it helps to keep our community growing. If we talk in tweets, it's time for Tweet of the Week. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. For now, I'm retiring Toot of the Week, as there's not much activity over on Mastodon. Seemingly, most people are back tweeting on Twitter. And on Twitter, the thread I'd suggest taking a look at this week followed Kate's mention of a Clash song in her chat with Alan. There was a lot of discussion of whether it should have been I Fought the Lord and the Lord Won or some other song from The Clash's extensive back catalogue. Do take a look. And so to the Twitter medals, with thanks as ever to those who tag at Dumpty Dum to make sure we see all the best ones. In bronze position, it's Madding Crowd at Further From. I do hope someone suggests a toga party for the stag do. And in silver, it's Helen Walmsley J at the Vintage Year. Of course he ran in like that, Kirsty. Eric is a Viking. And in gold, it's Gareth at GJ Marklu. Kirsty's next two questions. Are you or have you ever been involved in modern day slavery, human trafficking, exploitation and breaches of health and safety regulations? And have you ever left someone standing at the altar? That's it for this week. See you all on Twitter next week. Thank you, Theo. And congratulations to everybody who got gold, silver and bronze in the running for tweet of the week. Now, don't forget, we're also on Instagram. You can follow us there and be part of the Katie gang on Instagram. You can find us by typing in at Dum. Thanks as ever to all of you, our contributors and to our social media supremos. Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting godmother Lucy B. Freeman. Boom, shocker, locker, locker, boom, 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 boom. That's the end of your dum dum, Madame Berto. I'm disappeared going... in the dark. I there. know it's really <laughs> bloody, bloody dark now. It shows you in that one hour, I've gone from fully visible to not. More... I can see your jacket. That's all. 
if I smile, can you see your teeth? Just uh, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. nice white teeth. It's <laughs> nothing uh, more difficult to see than a black man in a dark room. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.